is from uh, Isaiah 40. It's just a couple of verses um, from Isaiah 40, verse 27 to 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Mac, can I pray for you as you come and speak to us? Father, thank you so much um, for the words that you have given, Mac, that you have um, prepared for us this morning. Would you open our hearts and our minds and ears to receive those words, to hear what you're saying to us through Mac? Amen. Wonderful. Good morning, everybody. I hope you've had uh, a wonderful Christmas and a wonderful New Year, um, whatever it brought. Um, Some of you may know Lorna and I, um, our Christmas plans changed. We got COVID before Christmas, like so many around the country. So we had a Christmas, just the two of us, but it was nice, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> so it was really good. I hope you've all had wonderful Christmases as well. Um, so as we were thinking a little bit last term about what we might want to look at this term, uh, we were praying and thinking about what that might be. And we've decided that in a couple of weeks, we're going to start a series looking at the topic of belonging. And we're going to do that through the Gospel of John, looking at Jesus being the good shepherd and how exploring how Jesus kind of brings together loads of different people from loads of different walks of life and builds them into a community and builds them into a family. But before we get to that, we've got a couple weeks where we wanted to do something a little bit different. We wanted to kind of use this opportunity of the start of the new year to uh, have a look at a series that we're kind of, we're calling Refresh. And just taking uh, a pause, taking stock, and looking forward into the new year. And the best way to describe, um, well, perhaps not the best way, but the way I am going to describe this series and what we're going to be doing is by telling you a little uh, a story of a quirk of my family to do with slippers. Uh, so some of you may have quirks like this in your family, but my mum uh, is one of five. She's got herself and uh, until recently had four brothers. And together with her... Uh, mum and her dad, there were seven of them in all in the family. And the quirk to do with slippers with that was that all of the men on that side of the family wore the exact same type of slippers the whole time I have known them. And they're not like cool, nice slippers. They're like gray old man slippers. Uh, And so they've got like a rounded front and a high back and like stiff soles that aren't comfortable, aren't cozy, aren't very nice, but very practical. And they wore these slippers absolutely everywhere. So whether they were out in the garden playing with like me and my sister, my uncles, my papa, they'd be wearing these slippers. If they were out on the coal, like getting coal from the coal shed, they'd be wearing the slippers. Walking to the shops to get the paper in the gray, boring slippers. Down at the beach, sunbathing in the gray slippers. And like over the course of the year, these slippers naturally would like 
be loved into oblivion. They would wear away, the backs would fold down, and like big toes would be poking out the front where the like top is worn away, and it would be it'd be awful. But then each Christmas, what would happen is the brothers and my papa would gather together in a room, they'd all sit in a circle, and they would each do this carousel of handing round identical boxes from the same shop on the same street in Guernsey. And they would all take this box, and they'd be like, oh, thank you very much, I wonder what this could possibly be. And they would all in unison open up the box, and inside would be a brand new pair of the same grey slippers. And they would kick off the old ones and put on the new ones, and they'd be all like, oh, wonderful, thank you very much. And the big toes would all go back where they're meant to, out of sight, out of mind, and like the cycle would continue like into the next year. They would wear the slippers, they would ruin them, they'd get a new pair each and every year. But the question that comes from this story, uh, from this silly little anecdote, is like for us, is what are the slippers that we are going to be wearing in 2022? What are the slippers and the shoes that we are going to walk in as individuals and as a community as we go forward into this year? And to put a, a focus back on Jesus and rather than slippers and people's feet, the question really is like, how are we going to walk in our discipleship this year? Where is God calling us to tread? Where is he calling us to go? What are the things uh, that he is calling us to take off? Like that old pair of shoes, that old pair of slippers that are no longer fit for purpose, no longer fit for what they're meant to do. Where are those things in our lives that we are being asked to get rid of those things? And what are the new things that we need to put on? And a question that um, follows on from that is then how can we be strengthened and encouraged and refreshed to do this walking? How can we step into what God is asking us to do in 2022? Uh, and so that's what we're going to do for just this couple of weeks. We're going to look at some of the prophetic literature of our scriptures, uh, looking at some of the places where um, the Israelite community have been at transition periods, where they've been moving from one state into another. Because we are at... Uh, this transition period. We're at New Year. It's a great opportunity where uh, many of us make New Year's resolutions, where we think about the year before and we look forward to the year ahead. So that's what we want to do uh, and ask that question, what are the slippers we're going to wear? Where is God calling us to go? And so as Lorna said, we're going to look today at um, a passage in Isaiah. And if you want to turn to it, it's Isaiah chapter 40, and there's some Bibles on the desk to the side there, or you can get it up on your phone if you'd like to. Um, but Isaiah chapter 40 is a wonderful, wonderful passage of Scripture. Um, but to give you a little bit of context, if you don't know what's going on in the narrative of the book of Isaiah, I'll just fill you in a little bit. So chapters 1 to 39 of Isaiah deal with... Um, it's a load of literature about the exile that the Israelite people suffered. So Isaiah is speaking to and prophesying to the Israelites about the fact that they are going to uh, be conquered and taken into exile in a land called Assyria. And so this is kind of after, um, after Moses, after the judges, after the kings, right kind of coming towards the New Testament, uh, but whilst the Israelites are in are in exile. And what that meant for them is that they were away from their homes, their land, their loved ones, but most importantly, they were away from the temple in Jerusalem, which was the center of worship for the Israelite people. So they were cut off in many ways from their God, from all that was good in their life. And chapters 1 to 39 of Isaiah deal with that. Then chapters 41 to 66, it's a really long book, 
uh, chapters 41 to 66 deal with um, kind of the God dealing with that issue of exile and bringing them back into the promised land and bringing them back into the kingdom of God and talking about the Messiah that will come and the fact that the Israelites are going to be saved from everything. And Isaiah 40, the passage that we're looking at today, sits in the middle of that as kind of a hinge and kind of a transition between those two two narratives in the two halves of Isaiah. And it starts with those famous words, comfort, comfort my people. And that's where we're going to be picking up today. Uh, and applying that to kind of this transition period for us. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at a few kind of, um, well, I'm going to build over the course of the rest of the sermon a, a sentence that we can hold and take as we look at this transition period and think about it and pray about it for ourselves. But I'm going to take those from what Isaiah says to the Israelite people, the kind of three things that he kind of encourages them to do, like the tricks and tips, as it were, for like looking forward into the Uh, time to come. And the first one that I want to share with you uh, is that as we look forward into this new year, as we think about the way that we are being called to walk in it, think about this journey of our discipleship, uh, we are to not let our past continue to define us. We're to not let our past continue to define us. And I don't mean by that that we forget who we are and where we've come from and the good parts of our story because that is all right and good like we are who we are because of the journey we've been on so I'm not saying forget that but what I'm saying and what Isaiah is saying in this passage is to not let those things that we've struggled with the sins that we've been entangled with the hardships and the sorrows of our life continue to be what God is calling us to be in the future God is rewriting our story is what Isaiah is saying and where this comes from so that you know I'm not just kind of making it up is this first section in Isaiah chapter 40, where it starts off and it says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. And it carries on into this really famous passage that we will have, many of us will have heard. And it says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, and every mountain and hill will be made low, and the rough ground shall become level, and the rugged places will become a plain. The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. You see, what God is saying through the prophet here is like, look, I'm on the move. I'm coming. I'm working. That situation that you find yourself in, in exile, that place that you're in, that place of hardship, that place of sorrow, that place of segregation from me, like that's not going to be your future. Comfort my people because I am coming. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, like, look, God is coming. Make straight the way for the Lord. And that passage that is later picked up by John the Baptist before the coming of Jesus kind of says to us, look, The mountains and the hills of our lives and of this world are going to be laid low. The the immovable objects of our life that we can't get over, can't get round, can't avoid, he is going to flatten them. The valleys, the deepest, darkest places of our lives, he is going to raise up and bring to light. Those things that we have struggled with that we've kept secret, he will reveal them, he will redeem them, he will restore them. The rough places will become a plain and we will be able to walk 
like easily with our God all of our lives, that God is coming and he is going to change the landscape. It's a bit like, this passage kind of is a little bit like when Jesus raises uh, Lazarus from the dead. Do you know that story in, gospel, in the, the Gospel of John? Where Lazarus, uh, one of Jesus's friends, uh, the one whom Jesus loved, our Bible tells us he dies. And Jesus comes and he comes to the entrance of the tomb and he calls out to Lazarus. Lazarus, get up and walk. And Lazarus uh, walks out of this tomb, having been raised from the dead, but he walks out still in the grave clothes. He walks out still in the clothes of death, the situation that he found himself in. And Jesus explicitly says to those around, like, like, take those clothes off him. Like, clothe him differently. I am changing his situation completely, and he's not going to walk in the future in those clothes that he wore. Like, God is on the move, and he is changing things. Don't let our past continue to define us, because God can change things. Building on from that, uh, Isaiah continues, and the, the... the sentence that I'm building continues, and I want, and, and the next part of this is that we, we do this. We don't let our past define who we are because our God is on the move, and who is our God? Our God is an awesome and loving and incredible God. That's why we don't let our past define us. The passage continues, and it says, you who bring the good news to Jerusalem, that good news that I've just spoken about, that God is working, that God is changing the scenery, Like, you who bring that good good news, lift up your voice with a shout. Don't be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, say to the people, say to Israel, look, here is your God. And who is your God that is doing these things? See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm, and his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd, and he gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart, and he gently leads those that have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? And who can fathom the spirit of the Lord? You see what Isaiah is saying is that, look, the God who is doing these things is an awesome, amazing, loving God. We might sit here and you might hear me say, like, don't let your past define us. And you might think back, like, how is that possible? There was so much wrong. There was so much brokenness. How can God do anything about that? But yet the God who is saying that he will do this is the one who holds out his hand and in the hollow of his palm measures the waters of the earth. Like, how unbelievable is that? That this is our God who moves and works on our behalf who does this with his hand, and he measures the heavens and the universe. Like, I can't even measure the church, but yet he measures the heavens with the palm of his hand. It's like, this is the God who fights for us. This is the God who says, look, I'm working for you. I'm moving things for you. I'm bringing the valleys up and the mountains low. I'm changing the story that you're a part of. I'm leading you in new ways. It's like a beautiful picture. And not only is he this powerful, awesome, incredible God, but he's the one who holds us tenderly to his heart, who carries us when we aren't strong enough to carry ourselves. He's the one who tends us like sheep in his flock. It's a beautiful picture of the God that we worship, of the God who is revealed in Christ, who, who leads us in all the ways of our lives. And so we don't let 
our past define us because our God is an amazing and awesome and wonderful God. And then the final part of this picture that Isaiah paints for us is that this is God, this God who is changing the landscape, will never let us down and will give us strength for the journey ahead. And this comes from the part of the passage that Lorna read out for us, right at the end of chapter 40, right at the end of this transition, in verse uh, 27 through to the end. And it says, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from me? My cause is disregarded by my God. But how can we say these things? How can we believe these things about God, that he is going to change the landscape, that all of the brokenness of my past he's going to make whole? How can we believe that? Like, there's so much of it. There's so much to deal with. How can you do that, Israel says. But the Lord says, and Isaiah writes, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord, the one who is doing these things, is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, and he will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not grow faint. You see, God is calling us on and those who hope in him, who look to him, they will have their strength renewed. He will equip them for what he is calling us into the way that he's asking us to walk this year he's not going to abandon us and he's not just going to say oh go on give it a go he's going to walk with us and give us strength and help us to soar on wings like eagles as he walks with us it's a beautiful stunning chapter of scripture in this transition period in the life of the israelites where they are in the most horrible situation in exile he says to them look comfort my people that situation you find yourself in, I am changing because I'm an awesome God and I'm never going to give you up. I'm never going to let you down. And that's the same as he says for us today. As we look forward into the new year, knowing that 2021 and 2020 have not been years that we would have wanted to repeat too often. Like as we look back on those things and see the situation we find ourselves in, it's like God is saying, no, look, I can change things. I can, I can make it right. And that is what he is doing. As we look to him, we run and not grow weary. We walk and not go faint, no matter the challenges, no matter what comes our way. And so as we come towards the end, we ask that question, well, so what? So what for each of us? What does this mean for us as we uh, step forward, as we come into a time of ministry? Well, I guess this is an opportunity for us to ask that question, well, God, because I don't, want, I don't want to dictate what it is for you to do this year. Like, that is between you and God. The way of your discipleship is between you and God. And so the question is for us, well, what is that way that he is calling us to walk in? What is that way that he is leading us? Where are the valleys and the mountains of our lives that need to be made level? What are the things we need to put down? What are the things we need to pick up? But as we take a little bit of time to think and pray about that as individuals and as a community, we take Isaiah's message to heart. That as we think about it, we don't let our past define us. We don't let that continue to be dragged into our future. We trust that even the things that we don't think are movable, God can move. And we know that whatever it is he says and calls us into, he will be there with us, helping us to walk in his way. And so we're going to have a few minutes uh, 
in silence to kind of pray about that. And then Lorna's going to come up and we're going to have a time of sharing testimonies of encouraging one another with the stories of what God has done. But let's just, for a moment, bow our heads and seek the Lord. As we are in this moment of transition and looking forward into the year ahead, let's spend some time thinking about what the way that God is calling us to walk this year.